0: When you watch, when you stream, when you scroll, you get a team of journalists vetting each story, asking tough questions, and delivering in-depth information so Alaskans stay informed. That's Alaska's News Source.
1: Tonight, addressing a problem in the Mat Zoo that's impacted thousands. Hear what the city of Wasilla says you should do if the 911 lines go down again. Facing their fate after being convicted of murdering their friend. The sentencing for Denali Bremer and Darren Schillmeyer resumed today. We'll have details.
0: A federal appeals court is deeply skeptical of Donald Trump's claim that he's immune from criminal charges. I'm John Decker in Washington. I'll have that story coming up.
2: And temperatures are dropping fast tonight as some of the coldest air of the season spreads across the state. I'll let you know how cold it'll get and when we can see that next round of snow.
0: You're watching Alaska's News Source.
1: Good evening, everyone. The city of Wasilla, which operates the 911 call center for the entire Borough, is addressing concerns over recent outages of its phone systems. Carly Schreck explains that the city's confident the issue has been fixed, but for what exactly happened and what should Valley residents do if it happens again?
3: It's an essential service that saves lives every day, but out here in the mat recent outages have left residents experiencing an emergency unable to dial 911. It's a scary situation to need help and not be able to get through to emergency dispatchers.
4: The system is designed in such a way that if one server fails, the other one takes over and it has every bit of capacity that the primary server does. A recently
3: identified software issue in Matcom's phone systems has been causing several outages in the
4: Matsu borough, rendering 911 inoperable. There were two calls placed uh, from a, a component within the network, and those calls got rejected by the, uh, the 911 processing equipment.
3: MATCOM's communications director, Daniel Stearns, says error messages associated with the rejected calls caused the primary server to fail and the secondary server to kick in. However...
4: And this second server now didn't know how to process that error message. And that server spun up to 100% CPU. Now both servers are out of service and so is the 911.
3: The issue has caused at least four 911 outages since mid November, with the longest lasting 53 minutes. But the city is confident that the issue has been resolved with SOLOCOM, the vendor provider of MATCOM's 911 handling
4: equipment. A decision was made to uh, bypass from one component of the total 911 network to another component of the network that has been tested to be accurate and reliable.
3: Stearns says his biggest concern now is that MATCOM can build back the public's trust, saying outages like this are an extremely rare occurrence. Now, Wasilla City officials say they do not anticipate any additional outages at this point, but that Valley residents should call the Fairbanks Communications Center if they are ever unable to get through to 911. In Wasilla, Carly Schreck, Alaska's News Source.
1: Rape, murder, and pornography, those were just some of the disturbing subjects that came up today during a sentencing hearing for the murder of Cynthia Hoffman. Lord Maxwell was in court and brings us the latest and a warning. The details of this case are disturbing.
5: Darren Schillmiller and Denelli Bremer have both admitted their roles in the 2019 killing of Cynthia Hoffman. Her body was discovered in the Oklutna River, not far from Thunderbird Falls. Judge Andrew Peterson listened as state witnesses testified that Denali Bremer was critical to the murder plot of Cynthia Hoffman, a 19-year-old who believed Bremer was her
4: best friend. She was the main perpetrator, um, the one that was able to come up with the plan and manipulate everybody else into following it.
5: Investigators say Bremer had an online relationship with this man, Darren Schillmiller, who she believed would pay her $9 million to carry out the murder plan. An FBI agent who interviewed Schillmiller also took the stand, saying Schillmiller's interests included rape, murder, and child molestation. He said the interview he conducted with Schillmiller was one of the most disturbing of his career.
4: I had never experienced that as an agent, and that was a stark difference from... Every other interview that I have ever done with murderers, drug dealers, pedophiles, um, you know, I could really tell that that's what, is what was going on in Darren's head, is he enjoys doing this, and that was an a, um, alarming you know, thing for me to experience.
5: The state is asking that both Schumiller and Bremer receive a maximum sentence of 99 years to serve. Now, on Wednesday, there will be a few more witnesses testifying from the state. And on Thursday, that's when sentencing is set for Darren Schillmiller. Denali Bremer's sentencing has been pushed back to early February. Lauren Maxwell, Alaska's News Source.
1: According to the Palmer Police Department, a woman's been charged with manslaughter and first-degree assault after investigators say she suffocated her girlfriend during a night of drinking. The woman arrested is 29-year-old Emma L. Frankson of Palmer. According to of Troop officers, Frankson is accused of killing 26-year-old Donna Jackson, who died Wednesday morning at a home on North Gloria Street. Palmer police tracked down Frankson and arrested her two days later. For more information on this case, you can head to our website at alaskasnewssource.com. And a warning to readers, the article posted contains information that you might find disturbing. Specific details have also been omitted to protect the identity of other people said to be victims in this case. If you are feeling threatened or facing domestic violence, help is available. You can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or Abused Women's Aid in Crisis in Anchorage. That number is 907-272-0100. In Anchorage today, a people-mover bus was involved in an accident on Medford Street and East 15th Avenue. According to the Anchorage Fire Department, the bus driver and several passengers, along with an unknown amount of car occupants, were involved. AFD says they did not transport anyone from the scene. And turning to weather, the sun has been down for more than two hours, but with clear skies overhead, Still of that sunset off into the distance, but those clear skies mean cold temperatures, Chief Meteorologist Melissa Fry joins us now with the forecast. Melissa.
2: Yeah, Maria. Seeing foggy conditions right here in Midtown. But once you get above that fog, uh, that's when you can see that clearing. want to show you that view. This is what it looks like right now from Glen Alps looking over the city. Uh, And again, yeah, seeing just a hint of that sunset off into the distance. Temperatures right now actually not too bad. Sitting in the low 20s for most of the city. Down to 19 out at the Campbell Creek Science Center. 17 in Eagle River. But those temperatures, they are going to continue to fall here through the night. We're already seeing single digits in Wasilla and in Telkeetna, also down into single digits in Kenai with fog right along Cook Inlet. Just 24 in Homer, 28 in Seward. Temperatures also uh, dropping there across Prince William Sound. Calm and clear here across South Central, but we do have several warnings in effect across the state. For those of you in western Alaska, a storm moving in late tonight is going to bring in those extreme winds. We have blizzard warnings, high wind warnings and winter weather advisories and winter storm warnings all due for that combination of high winds and heavy snow again starting later tonight continuing through the end of the week I'll have more details on the specifics for you coming up here a little bit later in the newscast but also seeing that wind chill advisory in effect in southeast near Skagway some of the coldest air of the season spreading across the state including here in south central will be dropping into those single digits overnight tonight be ready for a cold start Wednesday morning this little bit of patchy fog but through the afternoon staying clear staying dry but high temperature struggling to even get into the teens i'll
1: look at that statewide forecast here in a few minutes very good we'll see you then thanks melissa and the easiest way to get the weather in your area is the alaska's weather source app the information is updated by our own weather team and search for alaska's weather source in the app store to get that Well, the state legislature will soon be back in session and the coming months will certainly be busy. Just take a look at the pre-filed bills list. Beth Verge has a look. It's just a a few of them right now. Beth. Well, Maria, the first day of session is January
6: 16th, right after Martin Luther King Day. But as of this week, we have the first batch of pre-filed bills from lawmakers across Alaska. So these are just some of those pre-filed bills. And these all made a deadline last week. House Bill 222 would see the Alaska Permanent Fund take a stake of potential natural gas from the North Slope. House Bill 223 hones in on production taxes and royalties relating to the production tax and royalty rates on certain gas. House Bill 230 would alter how out-of-state school experience can count as in-state school experience in determining teacher salaries. And House Bill 234, that would establish a missing and murdered Indigenous Persons Review Commission. Again, these are just... A few of that long list of pre-filed bills. We'll take a look at some of the Senate's legislation that's up for consideration tonight at 10. Today at noon, by the way, was the deadline for the second drop of pre-filed bills, which is expected Friday. We'll have a team on the ground in Juneau, so look for coverage of that upcoming session here on Alaska's News Source. Maria?
1: Very good. Thanks, Beth. Still ahead. Arguments were heard in a D.C. courtroom today on whether former President Trump is immune from prosecution for his alleged efforts to overturn the election results. We'll have details when we come back. Former President Donald Trump appeared in a federal courtroom today as his lawyers argued he should be immune from facing prosecution for any alleged crimes he committed while in office. Our White House correspondent, John Dechter, brings us the details.
0: Despite not being required to attend, former President Donald Trump left the campaign trail Tuesday to appear in person at a hearing before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. The one-hour and 15-minute-long hearing before a three-judge panel was Trump's most consequential court date and could determine whether his election interference case goes to trial. The three-judge panel comprised of two Biden appointees and a George H.W. Bush appointee seemed deeply skeptical from the outset on the argument put forward by lawyers for the former president that Mr. Trump has absolute presidential immunity from prosecution for official actions taken as president. Trump attorney John Sauer maintained that a president, unless they were impeached and convicted by the Senate, could not be charged for any crimes, including selling presidential pardons, selling military secrets, and even ordering SEAL Team 6 to kill a political rival. But Judge Karen Henderson, in response, said, I think it's paradoxical to say that his constitutional duty to take care, that the laws be faithfully executed, allows him to violate criminal law. James Pierce, representing the special counsel's office, called Trump's legal theory frightening. He also argued that the text of the Constitution and judicial precedent make clear that the president is not above the law and is not absolutely immune from criminal prosecution. Trump did not address the court, nor was he required to do so, but he did confer with his lawyers several times during the hearing, and he addressed reporters following the hearing.
4: Well, I think it's very unfair when A opponent, a political opponent, is prosecuted by the DOJ, by Biden's DOJ, and
0: I think they feel this is the way they're going to try and win. An opinion from the D.C. appellate court is expected soon. Whichever side loses is likely to immediately appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. If the courts affirm the government's position, the criminal case against Donald Trump will likely take place this year, before the November presidential election. In Washington, I'm John Decker.
4: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Click subscribe so you can get the latest podcast from Alaska's News Source automatically. And stay up to date with breaking news and in depth reporting available for free 24 7 with the Alaska News Source app.